name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Some of you have heard me tell this short story, but it's been a while. My friend Bill always tells of a story he heard a long time ago in his words in deepest, darkest Mississippi. He tells about a time at a little country church where the preacher's going on and on and on about the weeping and gnashing of teeth. And finally, someone was quite tired about hearing about this, and so they interrupted and said, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, pastor, but what about my cousin? My cousin doesn't have any teeth. And the pastor replied, teeth will be provided. The reality is that in these parables, especially from Matthew's gospel, they paint such a picture of what life far away from the kingdom of God might look like. Notice Jesus himself never says that God is gonna do something like that. Rather, the stories are built in such a way that the choices of the people are those that stay away from a life where God fully intends for everyone to live. God intends to include us. And at times, we don't always know if we want to be included or not. And this parable is a great example of that. So instead of looking at this parable from the standpoint of the consequences of weeping and gnashing of teeth, that is the one where the people decide not to be included, let's look at this from a standpoint of what this parable might mean if we're living in to being included. You know how the story goes. A man is going away, he has a lot of money, so he gives out some of his fortune to his servants to one, and it says in the scripture very, very specifically, to each as each have ability. So one gets five talents, and another gets two, and another one gets one. Now the, a talent in these days was the equivalent of 20 years of a day laborer's wage. 20 years of a day laborer's wage. So the guy with the five talents receives two lifetimes of wages. Again, the life expectancy in Jesus's age was only about 50 years old. Now the one with two talents gets a full lifetime of wages. And the person who receives one gets almost half a life of wages. We know what happens. The person with five brings back 10. The person with two brings back four and the other person brings back one. Let's think about this. One person brings back four lifetimes of wages. Another, two lifetimes. And the other, one half a life. Maybe there is something to be said about the phrase, a life lived in fear is a life half lived. In fact, so much of the life that Jesus promises in the kingdom of God is countercultural, and it aims for something greater than we ourselves aspire to attain. Jesus' parables push us. The parables make us think. They push us into thinking about all kinds of themes. And today, one of the ones that this parable invites us to think about is generosity. And often people get mad at Jesus. 
Jesus tells a parable and people get mad. They get mad because he flips the notion about what is supposed to happen. He flips it upside down. For an economically stratified world that the people in the first century Near East experienced, and the same experience that applies to this day, but for this economically stratified world that often focuses on wealth and private gain, the notion of God's love being equal in abundance for all people provokes fear or resentment, or it provokes some kind of apathy or inaction altogether. The parable today invites us to imagine a fuller life, to imagine a world that is just beyond the horizon of our sight, a world where all people are united, where no one goes hungry, where where every single day of the week is like Thanksgiving Day, where people are kind to one another and everyone has enough of what they need. Now, this fuller life goes beyond food and beyond meals. We also start imagining systems of justice that break down barriers of inequality between races and people of various socioeconomic backgrounds. And we start imagining what a world would look like where every single person has a full and perfect and complete chance to participate and thrive in society. We start seeing possibilities in one another, how various community groups and government, along with private enterprise, can build coalitions of change that bring forth this dream of God's beloved community, the kingdom of God. And we imagine something much more full, much more full than what we see now and what the parable today calls for us to do and pushes us to think about. Because what the parable is asking us to do today is to think about being good stewards. To be good stewards. To realize that everything that we have belongs to God and that every abundance we have in life has been given to us as a blessing from our Creator with the caveat that we are to use our resources wisely in the care and service of others for God's glory. I want you to imagine this place, this place, Trinity Cathedral, 20 years from now. What does it look like? Okay, imagine Trinity 30 years from now. What might have changed then? How about 100 years from now? That's pretty far into the future, but what would it be like? What do you want this church to be in the future? Who do we want this congregation to welcome? God intends to include everyone. Do we? I realize that this will require a lot of imagination and a lot of discernment, but I think it goes even further than this. Today, we must ask ourselves the question, how am I asked by God to be a part of the Trinity Cathedral of the future? How can I take the talents and resources that I've been given and use them to champion the kingdom of God in the here and now? What is God calling me to give? Yes, I go back to this because Jesus talks about two things more than anything else in the Bible, the kingdom of God and money. Jesus does this to show how they're interrelated. 
And today's parable invites us to take an even deeper dive into this mysterious connection between our resources and the promotion of God's kingdom. It's framed in a way that invites each one of us, just like the servants in the parable, to be caretakers of God's beloved community, to be caretakers and to increase our talents and grow and prosper and give whatever we possibly can give as each and every one of us has ability. Some people might be able to offer a great deal, far more than they even themselves imagine that they can give, and others quite a bit less. The reality is that God knows the secrets of our hearts, and it isn't up to the church to decide who needs to do what. That is, who needs to give what amount in order to further the kingdom of God. God knows what we need, and God knows what each one of us can do. God asks each of us to offer up our time and our talent, and yes, our treasure for the care and building up of the kingdom of God. We are the stewards of tomorrow. Yes, the stewards of right now, the very present age, but we are also the stewards for the kingdom of God for tomorrow. And your giving and generosity is directly correlated with us being good caretakers of God's beloved community for our age, but also to begin imagining being caretakers for the age to come. For now, we're given today. And today, God is inviting us to explore how we can grow in love and grace and wisdom to see glimpses of a community that will be the Trinity Cathedral of tomorrow by asking ourselves the question, what is God calling me to give? We're bringing to light a desire that we have in each one of us, a desire for us to not only know and love God in a deeper way, but also for us to love ourselves and to love one another, and to love this beloved community we call Trinity Cathedral in a bigger and bolder and more committed way than we ever have before. Not because there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, but quite the opposite, so that everyone will be included, so that there will be an abundance that shines out of this place, an abundance of music and art, an abundance of care and concern, abundance of movers and shakers in society for a world that needs Jesus and his way of love in real and concrete ways. This inclusion, this participation is something that God extends freely to all of us in everything we do. In all times and in all places, this inclusion of being part of God's beloved community is, in God's eyes, a given. We're there. But our own personalities and our own doubts sometimes make us think otherwise. We sometimes might relate to weeping and gnashing of teeth more than we do the abundance. But God approaches us with abundance. So when our stewardship committee this year coined the phrase, what is God calling me to give? We started with the assumption that we want every single person who is gathered here today to know how deeply and profoundly and abundantly loved each person is by God. God's desire is full inclusion. 
That's our starting point. We're launched into this very community, into this community, into Trinity Cathedral. We're launched into it on the wings of God's love. And that love then propels us to go out into society to invite absolutely everyone that we can see into this great and marvelous reality of being that Jesus calls the kingdom of God. There is no partiality. There is no distinction. And Jesus today strongly makes a point that we each have something to offer. We can dream of the Trinity Cathedral of tomorrow, and we are all part of a solution. We each have the talents to make that happen. So forget about the weeping and the gnashing of teeth, and instead see the reality around us. Okay, this is a, a little bit more interactive than what we normally do on a Sunday. Look into these windows in this space. Look into the windows in this space. Go ahead, look. These are the products of people's talents being offered to grow and build up God's kingdom. Then look at the beautiful woodworking in this room. It's all around us. It's so unique to Phoenix in so many ways. This is a labor of love that people offered for us many years ago so that we could use this space to worship God in our own day and age. You've already heard a lot of it, but you're going to hear a lot more. Listen to the beautiful music that's part of our worship Everything that is associated about it is directly connected to the fact that people who came before us saw us as their Trinity Cathedral of the future so that we can take now our abundance and help be part of the creation of the Trinity Cathedral of our tomorrow, one that grows and prospers and thrives. We are the stewards we can all respond to the question, what is God calling me to give? Because we are caretakers on behalf of God. We are the stewards of this place, this beautiful, magnificent Trinity Cathedral, a place that people in Phoenix have called home for over 100 years in the past and are going to call home a whole lot more than 100 years in the future. All because we ourselves, right now, answered the questions of the talents that we've been given, that we've been entrusted to by God, because we ourselves responded to the question, what is God calling me to give? <laughs>